Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's podcast which is on Julius Baer's views on the biotechnology sector. I am Yaoshin Wong from Equity Specialist Asia and I will be your host for this session. Joining me as our speaker is Fabian Werner, healthcare analyst from our Zurich office. Fabian has extensive experience in the cell side and was most recently CFO and co-founder of a private company. So his insights will come in very handy in today's discussion. Hello, Fabian. How are you? Hi, Yoshin. Thank you for having me. Fabian, I hate to begin this podcast with bad news, but it has to be pointed out that the biotechnology sector has had a tough couple of months, hasn't it? Absolutely. The biotech sector was hit hard and experienced one of its most difficult semesters since 2015. The Nasdaq Biotech Index is down 30% since its peak in 2021. And if you were to include the smaller biotech names as well, then the picture would be even worse. Now, if we ask what triggered this, the market's response would be it was the hike in interest rates. Higher rates vaporized funds and liquidity at limited partners, and as a consequence, also at the venture capital level, which in turn dried up new funding for biotechs. This led down rounds and even bankruptcies of quite a number of biotech companies. Yes, it has been tough. The S&P Biotech ETF XBI was actually flat for the year until June, and since then it has plummeted almost 28%. Now, given that the healthcare sector is one which JB Research likes, I have to ask you, Fabian, what is your current take on biotechnology? You're right, Yoshin. Biotech has underperformed since 2020 and 2021. But we also need to keep in mind that it has also massively outperformed in those years, meaning that valuations during the pandemic had become exuberantly high and had to come down at some point, also relative to the MSCI world. Nevertheless, I personally think it makes sense stay to stay invested or maybe even raise your exposure to biotech now, since generally this is a sector generating high returns over time and providing key value add for the large drug producers. So there will be a recovery at some point, but currently we are in a risk-off environment. So investors' appetite for risk and biotech is a very high-risk sector is at a new low. I agree with what you just said. We can't control investor sentiment and confidence. However, how do fundamentals of the biotechnology sector look currently? Are they deteriorating or is it a case of lack of confidence from investors? Yes, absolutely. I think there are two points to make when it comes to fundamentals. Firstly, the financial fundamentals are still somewhat strained. Interest rates have stabilized at the current level and may even come down at some point. But fresh money is still scarce at the limited partners and VC level because they don't have the same abundant resources of cash available. So biotech companies will have to operate sensibly and economically and may want to look for earlier collaboration and partnering deals with large drug companies to prevent raising capital or diluting their equity. On the other hand, the R&D fundamentals are very sound. Pipelines at the biotech level are attractive and offer many novel first-in-class mechanisms for acquirers and patients alike. 
So we've seen the first marketing of gene therapies for hemophilia and muscle dystrophy, for example. Also, personalized cell therapies are now well-established and make inroads to broader indications and earlier lines of treatment because side effects can be handled much better. mRNA technologies offer a much faster, safer way to develop new vaccines that are not only aimed at specific virus strains, but also at cancer targets. In addition, for the first time in decades, we have life-saving drugs to fight the global epidemic of obesity that also offer blood glucose control and kidney protection on top. We have the first effective drugs to fight early Alzheimer's, and we are seeing new mechanisms to fight different types of cancer. So on the supply, on the R&D side of things, the situation is definitely looking good. So to answer your question, it's a case-by-case -case issue. There are many biotechs out there with solid fundamentals, some of which are very reasonably priced right now, which means for the large predators out there, for the pharma companies, there are a lot of inexpensive, interesting targets to choose from. And we have been seeing a recovering M&A and partnering deals over the past few months. Excellent. Thanks, Fabian, for bringing us up to speed. And I do note your point on M&A. I'll come back to that in a while. But for now, we have to get our investors excited on the improving fundamentals of the sector. I'm sure you're keeping a close watch on developments happening on the ground. So tell us, are there any clinical trials you're paying close attention to currently, which could yield interesting results? Yes, of course. There are quite a number out there and coming up. The European Cancer Conference, ESMO, is currently underway and is being held in Madrid this week. So there are quite a number of interesting trial details to discuss there. Cancer is and has been a key interest of large pharma companies. Uh, we've earlier seen the M&A for Seattle Genetics, but they're also keen on trials of drugs in the space of autoimmune diseases like irritable bowel syndrome and arthritis, as you've seen with the acquisition of Prometheus by Merck and Televant by Roche recently. But there are also um, key indications such as obesity and fatty liver disease, which may trigger some acquisitions. So with regards to clinical trials, I would notably point to the HA conference, the American Heart Association conference in the middle of November, which should give us more details, particularly on obesity and some key trial data for the GLP-1 class. So these are the SELECT and the STEP trials, which would, will have more details coming out. Very interesting. We will definitely be keeping an eye on those potential catalysts. Now, Ferdin, it also occurred to me that we are now on the cusp of seeing a bunch of results from companies involved in mRNA work. Uh, since the COVID years, investors have been excited about this new class of drugs. What is your take on mRNA-based therapies? mRNA therapies represent a significant value add for safer and more effective production of vaccines. So if you think about the way vaccines work, they are the most economic, best, and safest way for any medication to help you against any disease because they protect you from the pathogen before they really do any harm in your body in the first place. And vaccines do so at a very low cost. So a few hundred dollars for a vaccination per person have, in fact, ended centuries of death of children and suffering and lots of bad times in the past. mRNA vaccines allow much quicker development of vaccine against a new or established virus than previous technology. 
And the production itself is also faster and easier than the traditional microbial proteins or the inactive microbes. The vaccines have also typically less side effects. That's very helpful. There's also the promise of working outside of the virus domain in cancer, for example. And since the discovery of the checkpoint inhibitors in particular, uh, they're also called cancer immunotherapies that make the cancer cells visible to the body's immune system. These cancer vaccines can finally work for the first time. And therefore, combination therapies with PD-1s, for example, should result in survival benefits for patients. But we are yet to see the first evidence of that, of course. But late stage trials are on the way. Excellent. Thanks for sharing with us your thoughts here. Now, I want to ask about M&A in the sector, or specifically the lack of large-cap pharma companies have always been on the lookout for targets to satisfy their growth aspirations. Why have we not seen more blockbuster deals take place, given you know, cheap valuations we are currently seeing in biotechnology companies? Yes, that's correct. Why haven't we seen more? I think it's important to note large-cap pharma is still in dire need for new R&D assets, as you say, and novel pipeline products. But they've also become more conservative in acquiring early stage products. And that means anything less than phase two assets. That's one reason. Another reason is surely that a lot of assets are already partnered with large companies. So they're kind of blocked for acquisitions by someone else. But we do expect the M&A trend to reaccelerate over the next nine months, because if you look at the war chests on the pharma side, they are well filled and bulging. And many of them face large patent expiries, losses of exclusivities over the next four years. So they need new assets. They need to bolster their top-line growth. Understood. Great. That was very interesting, Fabian. I'm sure our clients have benefited well from the conversation today. Thank you very much. Pleasure. And thank you again for having me, Yoshan. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is about all the time we have for today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it and found it useful. We will be back soon with another episode of our Beyond Markets podcast. Till then, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, please tell us by leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date with our latest episodes. To learn more about Julius Bayer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbayer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbayer.com slash legal slash podcast for further important legal information.